I want to share a thought about racism now that we're in the year of the 75th anniversary of the Holocaust. And um, really, this is for both my Jewish and Muslim friends as much as for, well, for, for us all, it's a thought for myself as well. I mean, there is so much racism in the world today. Um, it is on the increase in today's world, is it not? Uh, I think so. Anyway, um, um, it was always there. Uh, but it seems to me that there is a new surge. Um, and undoubtedly, um, that's uh, uh, encouraged by the new spirit of parochialism, which our world has embraced as a reaction to over-speedy internationalism. Do you get that? I mean, we are very parochial now in our attitudes. It's um, It started for me with the breakup of former Yugoslavia into a whole parade of mini-states encouraged by countries like Britain and America and, and Germany uh, who, in, in, who really fostered this, this, this move towards the fragmentation of Yugoslavia, maybe for good reason, uh, but um, nonetheless. And, um, and and now our world has embraced this this parochialism as a reaction to this over-speedy internationalism, which are ex- is exploited by the banks and by big business and by people traffickers and, and all such criminals. I mean, <laughs> big business is a criminal. Well, no, but they are when they don't pay their taxes. Uh, in, um, I mean, come on. Uh, companies like Starbucks that uh, exploit um, in the sense that they don't contribute properly to their taxes in the countries in which they operate and in many of the big internet companies are the same um yeah parochialism is encouraged uh partly it's encouraged because people uh it's easiest the easiest form of expression of anti-establishmentarianism which is very important to people people need to be able to express anti-establishmentarianism in an era in which other traditional routes to protests such as socialism, have been tried, tested, and found wanting. Okay, so people are not happy with the traditional routes to to protest, so they get parochial, because that's a form of protest. Um, and, um, okay, so why get back to this whole thing. Let's get back to the fundamental issue uh, as far as Judaism is concerned. Why is it wrong to compare the collective punishment of Gaza to the collective punishment used by the Nazis? Now, let's just understand this because it's just fundamental. Now, you might say, oh, there's no collective punishment of Gaza. Well, um, that's a moot point. If you are... If you're taking, um, if you're blockading Gaza because of the misbehavior of um, a faction of extremists, Hamas, your actions affect the entire people of Gaza, including innocent women and children. So, um, and innocent men. <laughs> Let's not be sexist here. So you know, I mean the so so 
and Gaza is clearly blockaded. It's not, a, it's not an issue. It is blockaded by Egypt quite as much as by Israel, blockaded by the entire international community, in fact, which uh, signs on to this. So um, it is collective punishment, but uh, which is illegal in international law. But there you go. I mean, it's difficult for Israel, you could say, to do anything else. Now, it depends on your attitude, but many Israelis would feel they have no choice. So this is another aspect to the whole thing. But the point is, what am I saying? Why is it wrong? Why is it fundamentally wrong to compare the collective punishment of Gaza to the collective punishment used by the Nazis? Primarily because of the obscenity of the Holocaust. That is an absolute. So, um, and... and Therefore, you, the things, the two things are not comparable. I mean, and this may be self-evident to my Jewish friends, but it may not be to some of my Arab friends. And and so, um, so let's say that it is. It is simply because of that the Holocaust involved death camps. Now, um, at uh, and this is unforgivable. At an individual level, sure, you can uh, you can forgive anything. I mean, um, Corey Tenboom, who was in Ravensbrook prison camp and had saw all her family murdered, um, forgave one of the Nazi prison camp guards when she encountered him after the war in 1947. I mean, most individuals could never find it in themselves to forgive the person that was part responsible for the the obscene murder of their family uh, but but the point is uh, that may be and is admirable um, admirable and something we should all aspire to in, in, in more minor situations is forgiveness but um, she may do that as the victim, but we cannot and must not, as the bystanders, forgive this kind of thing. I mean, the the names of Ravensbrück and Auschwitz must be remembered with reverent care, because that sacrifice made unwillingly by those people who were driven to their deaths in the most brutal fashion was was a true holocaust. It was a horror, but it was a um, a terrible price. But that um, terrible price, a terrible price. Uh, in many ways, the establishment of the state of Israel is a consequence of that, a safe haven for the Jews. So we cannot compare any action by the Jews to actions by the Nazis. It is not comparable. What we can compare are other instances of genocide. And there have been them. You know of the Hutsis and the Tutsis. You know of historically of the Armenian genocide in Turkey, though many Turks would deny it ever happened, but the Armenian genocide. Um, and, for example, um, the uh, I think you can even compare you can even compare 
China's treatment of the Ouija's to the Nazis because it involves actual prison camps, uh, because a million people are placed in prison camps. Now, they may not be death camps, but, um, but I think that is comparable to Nazi Germany, the, the behavior of China towards its minority, I would argue, is comparable to Nazi Germany. And I think you can do that and do that honorably because it is an obscenity, obscenity that um, the world is not calling China out about. We have an action with death camps that's comparable to the actions of Nazi Germany, in my view. No, I'm sorry, let me retract that. They're not death camps, are they? But there are prison camps. They're prison camps for re-education. And, um, and yes, there's a comparison. But um, you can't make that, you can't draw that comparison with actions taking place in Israel. You can say if you wish that Israel is an apartheid state and draw that parallel and you would have you could argue for that comparison because it has um, two levels of nationality and um, and there are differences. Uh, but you cannot make this. And so where are we going with this? The point is that, um, I mean, in Britain, the Labour Party was slow to react to um, to behavior that, that was... Uh, anti-Semitic amongst its own members and um, and its leader Jeremy Corbyn paid a price for that um, they and we must call people out where they uh, don't don't highlight anti-Semitism or Islamophobia racism in all its forms and sometimes it can be unconscious the very best people can um, be guilty of unconscious racism. I mean, you, some of my Jewish friends, will be aware that one of the great Jewish campaigners and columnists in the newspapers insists on, um, uh, on writing a whole series of uh, columns um, talking of London as Londinistan. Londinistan you know, um, a pun on Pakistan or whatever, but the, uh, and a pun on um, uh, the, 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 what she was trying to say was that London was a, a hotbed for uh, extremism and uh, she was using a, a catchy phrase. I'm sorry, that's racist. You don't see it? That is fundamentally racist. Think about it. You don't see it? Okay. Well, I, I can't help you then if you don't see that. You know, but then um, you have to take the... What is the thing? Take the, the, the splinter out of your eye before you try to take a splinter out of somebody else's eye. Come on! Um... And uh, 
Um, for very similar reasons. Donald Trump, uh, who has been great in some respects, uh, like the curate's egg, awful in others. He uh, said of a couple, two or three Americans, three Americans specifically, but anyway, who challenged him on, um, on issues, he said that they should go home because they were one of, they were, um, from families that uh, had a heritage that came from elsewhere. But then all Americans do, don't they? I mean, it's the Red Indians that... Sorry, Red Indians is not politically correct. I'm getting into trouble now. Um, but the Native Americans um, who who have a right to America on that basis. Donald Trump said, if you don't like it, go home. Come on. Is that racism? Is that Clearly it's racism. What can be more wounding? Your your life, you're brought up in a country and, and it's your home and your nationality and you, they tell you, go home. Go home. Come on. That's racist. Um, that is quite wrong. Um, and these fundamental, the, these fundamental examples of racism are there and happening again and again and again. Um, and then it gets down to the the girl wearing a headscarf on the bus, um, uh, getting, uh, getting harangued by the bus driver for doing so. And I'm talking now of one of my friends, one of my fr close, 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 close friends, a Somali lady. Um, uh, yeah, come on. I mean, it is provocative up to a point where, uh, as as you find in, in areas of Pimlico, where I was living for much of my life, you find um, um, girls uh, in Page Street or whatever um, who will wear the full veil, who are British girls who've married Muslim men and who adopt that. Um, and it, uh, the, you know, because it's provocative. Why is it provocative? It is provocative. It is provocative to, um, it's like a statement of defiance. But, and, and so I can understand up to a point why uh, the, the full veil was outlawed for a time in secularist Turkey or in France today. But um, but it's a difficult one. Should we outlaw it in Britain? I don't think so. Uh, we had um, we had the, the famous remarks by by our Prime Minister Boris Johnson where he um, compared ladies in full veil to um, slitty letterboxes. I am very offensive. Is that racist? Yes. It's racist. It's a clever little phrase. Of course it's racist. Does that mean that the Prime Minister is racist per se? No, no, it doesn't really. It means he is um, careless with his language and we hope he will behave better. Um, his words are racist. He doesn't really realise it. Just as the Jewish lady who described, the Jewish columnist who described London as Londonistan, 
doesn't really realize and would heartily be wounded to be called racist. But the word is racist. She's not racist. Her word is, is racist. Her use of words is racist. And therefore the perception. Um, we Basically, we cure racism by, by, by inclus being inclusive of the other, by realizing that everybody has an equal value. And it's down to us to cure racism. It's not. It's not down to. Um, you know, it's not down to governments or, or. Well, it is, but but the point is, it starts with us, and we have to. Our own attitudes uh, must be inclusive. We must love everybody. Um, it's essential, at least as far as I I I can see. There is no excuse for doing it. And and yes, at a personal level, we must take the kind of Corrie Ten Boom stance to so forgive even the prison camp guard. That's at a personal level. At an institutional level, at an international level for nations, for institutions within nations, like the British Labour Party, um, then there are rules and we must stand the stand by them for human rights and for dignity and human dignity and we do not forgive the actions of others that are exclusive we don't forgive the actions of daesh but we can forgive individuals uh, i was very impressed by um, when that terrible killing that terrible, terrible, terrible killing uh, by Daesh in Libya of about a hundred Coptic Christian young men who were lined up, I don't know whether you remember, a year ago or two years ago, lined up and had their throats cut by, by ISIS as they knelt there. Uh, terrible behavior. Terrible. And then um, in the aftermath of that, the Coptic bishop in, in Britain um, tweeted the words, Father, forgive. Just those two words, Father, forgive. What a noble, kind action. We need to be forgiving. We need to be inclusive. Um, and... Um, if we can do that, if we can do that, we really make a difference in the world today. And um, it's, it's inclusiveness in the sense that we truly place an equal value on everybody. Everybody. Um, and it starts with us. It's, it really does start with us. Okay. Thank you.